What is up, guys? My name is James, and welcome to Just a Stuff Podcast, Episode 5. Uh, yeah, so today we have a bunch of news to talk about. It's been a couple weeks since I did uh, the last episode, uh, but yeah, a lot has happened. Uh, some things we're going to talk about today is some uh, different LEGO news, like LEGO Mario... We got, we're getting a 501st Battle Pack, uh, as well as a couple other things. Uh, we're going to talk about the Clone Wars. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, four different movie reviews, uh, as well as my Star Wars uh, movie ranking, which I'm very excited to uh, share with you guys. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump in uh, to it with our first topic today, which is Lego Mario. So uh, this is uh, something that... Uh, that Nintendo and Lego have been working on for a while. So uh, one of the sets here is the starter set. Uh, so as you guys can see, this takes a little bit of a different take uh, than the standard Lego uh, Lego building system. It uses technology along with the actual brick. Uh, they combine them, so uh, it, it's not minifigure based, which is pretty interesting uh, to say the least. Because I personally uh, wanted uh, Lego Mario minifigure sets, and I do believe we will get them uh, eventually. Uh, just, I, I thought it'd be in- I thought it was interesting that they chose to do this on the first wave. Uh, so you can see right down uh, there, you have the Mario figure. I think this set is retailing for 60 bucks, which, I mean, I understand it because it has the technology implemented into it, but, I mean, if you just look at this thing, like, if you're a kid, you see this on the shelf, uh, you have no, you. I mean, you know what Mario is, you know what Lego is, but you have, like, no idea that there's technology or whatever, like, I would be like, wait, what? Like, how is the 60 bucks? I mean, I don't know. Uh, personally, I won't be picking it up, at least I don't think so. Uh, but, yeah, so basically the Mario figure, like, I don't know the whole story behind it, but, like, it interacts with the bricks, and, like, these are different levels, which I find interesting, but, I mean... I really think they'd be making more money off minifigure-based sets, but these are all sold out, the pre-orders are, so I can see they're going to be successful. I mean, Mario and Lego is probably one of the biggest collaborations we've seen in the past couple of years. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I like the set. I don't think it's great, but, uh, you know, it's not for me. Uh, the other set that I actually do kind of like is the uh, Bowser's Castle set. This is the only image I could find. I think if there's like there's more on the sides, but... Uh, I do really like the brick or the brick built Bowser. Uh, I would have liked, obviously, to get like a big fig figure in the Hulk style, but I mean, Bowser's castle looks. I think it actually looks really cool. Uh, again, I think it's like a hundred bucks, and this one doesn't even come with Mario. So, basically, in order to get like the full experience, you need to buy the sixty dollars set, and then I think this one's like a hundred dollars or more. So, I mean, you're getting yourself in deep as far as price wise go. Uh, but I mean, overall, I think it's. I like this set more than the other one. Uh, I think this one is more to offer. You get the dry bones and the uh, ghost uh, over there on the far left and right, respectively. Uh, but yeah, I think this theme is interesting. I, I love that they're collaborating. Like, it's literally a dream come true. Uh, <laughs> just do good. Uh, and Brick Attack were big supporters of the LEGO Mario. Uh, so, here, here you guys go. It actually became a thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think they will eventually do minifigure-based sets. I just find it interesting that they chose to do it right now uh and also something uh something else i think they'll do is a nintendo or super mario series which would be awesome like minifigure series and i would definitely buy almost all of those i think uh so yeah but uh yeah that's gonna go and wrap it up for the um lego mario talk uh so next thing we're gonna move on to 
is the uh, a little set that got review revealed. Sorry, uh, it is Wonder Woman. Uh, I don't know the official title of it. I'm sorry, but it's a Wonder Woman 1984 set, uh, which a little. Uh, something in here. Uh, the movie actually got delayed till August, and I don't even know if it's going to come out till August, but so this set, uh, I, I really like it. Uh, it's kind of from the trailer. Uh, if you look closely, you can see uh, there's this big satellite. It's obviously scaled down a lot for the set, uh, but I, I, I actually really like it. I think it retails for like 40 bucks, and I really like that satellite. You'd think all those would be stickers on the top of it, all those little gold pieces, but they're not. They're actually printed, I believe, so that's amazing and kind of a lifesaver, to be honest, for any builder. Uh, I like the foliage on the far right there, uh, as well as the overall build. Looks really nice. Uh, and then the minifigures is where it's really at. We got the amazing Wonder Woman uh, Wonder Woman figure there in her all-gold armor. I don't even know what's that, what, what that is about, but I really like it. Uh, and then I've, I saw a review of the set, and that hair uh, hat combo or helmet combo is amazing. Uh, if you haven't seen a review of this, you should definitely check it out. And then, I believe, in the guy in the middle, his name is Maxwell Lord, uh, played by Pedro pa Pascal, the Mandalorian. Uh, and I like his main figure. I think it should have gotten some leg printing, just simple leg printing, but he has a little suit on. I like it. Uh, the person on the far right is Cheetah. Uh, we haven't actually seen uh, the like Cheetah in her full like outfit like she is in here. Uh in any of the trailers or anything yet. Uh, she is being played by Kristen Wiig, uh, which I'm very excited to see her character. Uh, but again, this set is interesting because we do not know if it'll be pulled off store shelves. I do not believe so. Some people think it will be, uh, but I think, I mean, it's too late to try to recall all these sets only for it to be released a couple months from now. So uh, yeah, a little interesting thing there. The movie got delayed. Uh, but yeah, so moving on to the next set, which I am very excited to talk about. Uh, it is the... Barracuda Bay or Pirates at Barracuda Bay, something like that. This is a Lego idea set uh, that is amazing. Uh, as you can see right here, this is a picture of the box art. Uh, and I mean, or, already looking at this, I mean, when I first saw it, I was just stunned. This looks like a mock. I mean, it, it really does. It, it, I, when I saw it, I was like, wait, that's a real set. And uh, this thing retails for $200. So it's, it's a little up there on price. But I mean, if you look at all the little details there, I mean, you're getting tons of different minifigures, tons of pirates. Uh, you are getting all these uh, palm trees. It's on this island. So basically, this boat has crashed, and it's amazing. Uh, and then the box art, if you see in the top right there, you see uh, the little yellow strip with the blue text. Uh, this is, this, uh, that is uh, a little nod to the old pirate set. Uh, I think, what was, I, I, you guys can make fun of me. I forgot the name of the first, uh, or the most popular pirate ship. Isn't it like Blackbeard's Bounty? Something like that. I don't know. It, it might even be that. I don't know. But uh, that's what the, what the box art looked like. It just said Legoland on the side. So I really like the box art. Uh, and then also, I think this is great, but this other feature that it has just adds on to it even more. You can turn this this thing right here, you have to do some modifications uh, in the instruction booklets, but you can turn it into a full-on pirate ship. And for some reason, this is the only image I could find. I'm sorry about this. It's a pretty good image, though. Basically, it's a full-fledged pirate ship. And so you got the sails and everything, uh, and the pirate ship looks amazing, too. Uh, so... I do believe at some point I will be picking up the set. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be soon or whatnot, but I definitely want to pick the set up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, if you look at the original Lego Ideas project, I'm going to be honest, it looks nothing 
at all <laughs> like like the uh i mean it looks similar obviously to the actual bay uh if we go back to that image here it looks similar to that uh but not really the same you know uh but i think lego definitely uh improves the set even though the mock that uh was on lego ideas was still i mean stunning uh but yeah so moving on to some exciting 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 star wars news guys we're getting a 501st battle pack uh so Yes, if you do not know the story of the 501st Battle Pack. So, I believe it was December of 2018, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Uh, but yes, uh, MRR Productions, he made a video, he said, Hey Lego, we want a 501st Battle Pack. He told them, you know, we want this. We want a couple cl a couple 501st clones, you know, maybe an ATRT, that's it. And so, Lego, they had, so people just started spamming accounts, uh, Lego's accounts. We want a 501st Battle Pack. I mean, it was everywhere. It was, I mean... It was crazy, uh, but then Lego, I remember a couple months after, it was a big deal, uh, Lego tweeted out, or replied to Amador Productions, something like that, and they said, uh, they responded with, uh, like, we noted, we've seen your calls, uh, can't say anything right now, or something, I don't know, something like that, but they acknowledged that they knew that we had requested the Fire First Battle Pack, so, so, uh, flat, fast, sorry, uh, fast, fast forward, uh, to about, I think for, on the recording of this video, it's, it was about like two or three weeks ago. Uh, so I'm sitting, uh, at my desk, uh, at, at, uh, in the studio and I'm just, uh, I, th I think, well, yeah, I was scrolling through Twitter or something and then I get a notification from YouTube or no, 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 hold up. Sorry. I want to tell the story, right? Cause this is crazy. But, uh, so yeah, I was just, I don't, I think I was busy doing something else. And then I pull open my phone cause I hadn't checked my phone, like Twitter or anything in like an hour. Uh, so I actually would have found out about the set earlier, but I mean, that doesn't affect me at all, but I flip open my phone and there it is. Uh, it's a, the first one was from rich boy J and it said like, we actually got a five oh first battle pack and like, he's just walking around and he's like freaking out and I'm like, wait, is this real? And then he pops up an image in Oh, it was this image, and oh my word! I mean, it's. I mean, Ryan. I mean, he. People have been complaining a little bit. It's not exactly what we asked for, and obviously it isn't, because it is thirty dollars. Uh, but the thirty dollars uh, is for the two extra battle droids and a whole nother build. Uh, so honestly. I mean, this is one of the best Lego sets ever made. I think this is, it isn't officially titled a battle pack, but I mean, come on, we all know it's a battle pack. Uh, it's just, I mean, you get this bark speeder in 501st colors. That's one of the best bark speeders, I mean, we've ever seen. Uh, you can just remove the stud shooters, which is fine. Uh, then you get a 501st ATRT, which is basically an improved ATRT from the 20th anniversary set last year, which that set was $30, and it was pretty much just the ATRT. I mean, there was a little extra build, but this set is $30 with six minifigs if you count the droids. So you get three 501st troopers. All brand new prints, I believe, uh, well, so it's a new helmet print, I believe it is the same helmet mold, though, uh, which I really like the new print, it looks way better. Uh, and then the 501st uh, Jet Trooper, which is awesome, I really like that, from Battlefront 2, and the new Clone Wars season. Uh, you also get two battle droids, which I can never have enough battle droids. Also, another thing amazing about the set is since it is not technically a battle pack, you get normal blasters, which thank you, because, I mean, you know, I love the stud shooters, I love playability, but the stud shooters kind of suck, to be honest, so thank you, LEGO, for including real blasters. This set is amazing. I think for day one, I'm probably buying three. I mean, I mean, 
I'd buy, I mean, I don't know. It depends on if there's a promo. Like, I think this would be the time. August 1st, throw out, like, a, I don't even know what Star Wars promotion. Like, like a little, like, minifigure or something. I don't know. Re-release the Obi-Wan polybag or so. I don't know. But I'd, I'm buying a couple, definitely, for sure. Uh, these things are amazing. I love them. <laughs> or, I love this set. Uh, yeah, definitely one of the best LEGO sets. Uh, and one of the most exciting uh, announcements we could have in this uh, kind of crazy time. Uh, but yes, moving on to another Star Wars set that got revealed kind of recently is the UCS A-Wing and a man. Uh, so when I heard the rumors that we would be getting uh, an A-Wing for our UCS set this year, I was a little skeptical. I mean, you know, I love all the UCS sets, but I was like, I mean, an A-Wing, like how, I mean, you know, this thing's going to be so out of scale. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's, I guess, complete the fleet, you know, that we've gotten every other rebellion ship except for the A-Wing. But boy, was I wrong. This set is gorgeous. I mean, I think one of the best things about the set is the color scheme. Dark red, one of my favorite yellow, uh, Lego colors combined with white. I mean, those just go together so well because the dark red just pops with the white. And I mean, the way they could get those angles is amazing. And um, this set, I didn't think it would look very good, like super scaled up. But it looks amazing. Uh, so this set is retailing for 200 bucks, which, yes, I don't know. That's the usual UCS price. I will most likely be buying this. Uh, probably not right as it's released, but later in the year. Uh, but, yeah, really, really like this. Uh, comes with a little minifigure there, if you can see him. Just a standard A-Wing pilot. pilot. <laughs> Excuse me there. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't expect anything else. You know, A-Wing pilot, nice to get. Uh, maybe would have liked some arm printing. I don't believe he has any arm printing on there. But, yeah really like this uh something else that is really uh really really good about this is the box art uh so you can see a picture of the box art there and wow this box art is 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 crisp to say the least uh so they did change it up technically again uh because the you know the box art has changed a lot it used to be the uh it used to be in the design of like the ucs falcon and then they switched it to the one from the tanta four and then they went to this which is amazing. This is the same uh, box art uh, design and text and whatnot as the uh, helmet sets, uh, which, I mean, the helmet set box art looks amazing, and this set just looks amazing. You know, it's just simple. You got the Lego logo, you got the Star Wars logo, it says Ultimate Collector Series, and it says A-Wing Starfighter Star Wars. That's all you need. And then you got the A-Wing prominently in the middle, which is just stunning. Uh, so yeah, really 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 like this set uh definitely one i hope i can pick up soon uh and along with the release of this set uh is the may the 4th promo for this year uh also sorry i kind of get the best quality of this thing uh but it's fine even if if you're listening to this you can't even see it so it doesn't matter uh but yes this is uh, officially titled the death star 2 battle uh, we'll have 235 pieces and this will be a promotion running from may 1st to may the 4th uh obviously may the 4th star wars day whatnot uh and i'm gonna be honest pretty disappointed uh I mean, so the last couple years overall have been a little disappointing as far as May the 4th promos go. Uh, so uh, what was in 2016, we got the Stormtrooper minifigure with that little extra pouch. It, that thing wasn't great. The next year, we got the R2-D2. I decided to buy, you know, f spent 50 bucks. I think, I don't even remember what I bought, but yeah, I got it. It was it wasn't great, to be honest. Uh, but it, yeah, it was a step down from the minifigure for sure. And then the BB-8, we got the next year. I didn't even buy anything. I ended up buying it at Brickworld, Kansas City, because they were like the official Legoland little store was selling them for eight bucks. So I was like, okay, I'll buy one. Uh, 
so that I did not like that promo. Uh, and then they went with a different take. Uh, they went with uh, the Assault on Hoth set, which again... I did not feel interested to buy. Uh, I ended up, me and Eggy Egg had traded in some stuff at Brickwell, Kansas City, and I ended up getting a pretty good deal on it there, uh, just to keep sealed uh, for my collection. Uh, and then we, uh, the, the Force Friday promo, we got a similar one in the same design. It was the uh, the ATSTs uh, on the Endor, on Endor with the bunker. Uh, I bought that one uh, because I wanted to get some of those new Force Friday sets, so I really like that one. Uh, but this one, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I saw, I'm going to Productions point this out, the A-Wing. I mean, we've had A-Wing, tiny A-Wing builds in, in uh, Advent calendars, and this looks worse than the Advent calendar builds. And I'm going to be honest, I like the TIE Interceptor. I think the uh, the piece, the new piece uh, that's used as their angles I really like, uh, like the kind of angled wings I like. But, I mean, like a, two micro starfighters and then a bunch of Greebles, and this is like a set? I, I just, I don't know. I, I really don't understand to be honest uh but i think i might be picking this up i do want to complete since i have the other two uh of these kind of promos i want to get all three so i think i'll end up getting it uh but yeah so i think i might either i'm debating on getting uh poe dameron's x-wing starfighter uh the new one that came out because uh, i don't have an x-wing which i feel kind of shocked about because i did want to buy the one the uh, Luke Skywalker, like, Rebellion one from a couple years ago, but I just never bought it. Uh, but, yeah, so I do think I'm either going to get that or I'm going to get the Boba Fett helmet and pre-order the Baby Yoda Brickhead. So I'm debating between those two or just not getting anything, uh, but I will update you guys next uh, podcast if I have ordered anything or whatnot. Uh, moving on to our next topic, it will be LEGO Masters. So LEGO Masters... Uh, had its, I, I can't remember, I think we, uh, there were like three episodes left last time we talked, maybe, uh, but yeah, I'm just gonna talk about the last two, so the second to last one, we had the Star Wars episode, which, honestly, it, I, I loved, you know, having a Star Wars episode, I would have liked to maybe see them do it earlier in the, in the, uh, series, because I would have liked to see some other contestants and what they would build, uh, but, so, we had Sam and Jessica, uh, uh, Mark and Boone and Tyler and Amy. Those were the three teams left. Uh, also, full spoilers, by the way, for the rest of the season. So, there you go. Uh, but, yeah, so Mark and Boone... Well, first off, they had to build a droid, uh, like the custom droid that moved and whatnot. And so... Uh, I, I liked everybody's droids. I thought they are all pretty cool, uh, but that was just a part of it. And then the main build was uh, building a scene from a Star Wars movie. They gave you, you know, a certain amount of scenes or whatever. Uh, so Mark and Boone built an Endor bunker with an ATST and trees and Ewoks, and I love that one. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, and yeah, very good build. Uh, then Tyler and Amy built... Uh, like the assault on Hoth, so they had the AT-ATs uh, attacking the rebellion, and you know the shield generator and all that. And then Sam and Jessica built the Battle of Crate, uh, with you know everything that happens in the Battle of Crate. Uh, and my favorite build personally was Mark and Boone's, followed by Tyler and Amy's, and uh, 
than with Sam and Jessica's. I just didn't think it was very good. Uh, I mean, there were there were definitely components I think uh, of each of them that were really good. Uh, like so, the judges uh, had the ranking as Mark and Boone number one, Sam and Jessica number two, and Tyler and Amy as number three. They ended up uh, letting everyone go to the finals, which I didn't really agree with, but it was whatever. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, Mark and Boone, I agreed with that position, uh, but then Ty, uh, well, actually, Sam and Jessica, I think I enjoyed parts of their build, like the explosions I really liked, uh, uh, from the dust flying up in the air I really liked, but where it lacked was the, uh, the ski speeder I thought wasn't, uh, wasn't very good, uh, I mean, it, it looked good, it just needed more detail, and then the wall, I, I didn't, the mountains, I didn't, they didn't use any slopes, which I, I also know that I shouldn't be criticizing this, and I'm trying not to compare it to uh, any of the big crate builds by, like, you know, the Brick Wiz, Rich Boy J, uh, David, because those are all built over, you know, 48 weeks or whatever, uh, and this was just, uh, like, 24 hours, so, uh, but yeah, I think they could have used slopes on that wall, I don't know why they didn't, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it, it just wasn't the best, I think, uh, but um, then they, uh, Tyler and Amy, I mean, they built two AT-ATs that were just stunning, because, I mean, that's no instructions, and you're building a UCS AT-AT. I thought it was amazing. Uh, and then the shield generator was amazing, and the one complaint the judges had was there's not enough color. Uh, but they did have an explosion, which I thought was pretty good. Could have been a little bigger. Uh, but something that I just find interesting is uh, they're, they're just building accurate to the scene, so... I don't understand. You can't make that complaint when it's like a hundred percent accurate because there's not that many like there's not a lot of color on Hoth. There's just the snow and the AT-ATs and you know a couple explosions here and there. So I mean they just built it accurately. So I'm a little disappointed about that. But they all went to the finals, so it doesn't matter. Uh, so then we get to the finals. Uh, we had uh, Tyler and Amy, uh, they built this kind of medieval tower with this like dragon fighting this hawk, which was moving its wings. I thought it was cool. Uh, then we had Tyler and, a or no, we, sorry, Sam and Jessica, getting them mixed up there, built a peacock, which I thought was like cool and well designed, but it just wasn't like final final lego masters material i mean that's nothing against them i mean it was very creative and i really liked it uh but then we had mark and boone who built this huge this massive tower uh it was called the tower of like creativity i believe something like that and they had these different uh interactive features with the this like paintbrush that would flip the walls around and show that everyone's being creative and i thought their message behind it was amazing uh, but Tyler and Amy ended up taking the victory, uh, which I, I mean, I, it, I, like my, my, my opinions aren't going to change the show or whatever the events of the show at all, but I do believe Mark and Boone should have won. Uh, there's, I don't know. Yeah. But so that's what happened. I, I enjoyed Lego Masters overall as a season. Uh, I don't think it was perfect. I honestly don't think it was a perfect show. Uh, I enjoyed Will Arnett. He got a little bit, I mean, uh, not annoying, but, you know, he kind of ran out of gas towards the end of the season, but still very enjoyable, very funny. Uh, I'm pretty sure season two is basically confirmed, so definitely excited for that. Uh, but yes, so yeah, Lego Masters, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, so moving on to a show. I love Lego Masters, but a show that is a lot better.
Star Wars The Clone Wars, you guys. Uh, I believe... Uh, what is the last episode I talked about? Uh, probably, we're probably somewhere in the uh, Ahsoka walkabout arc, which is the middle arc. Uh, and overall, those episodes... I didn't really enjoy too much. Uh, I thought all the Ahsoka stuff was great. The sisters, I just didn't really... I wasn't just invested in them very much. Uh, I love the Maul cameo. Uh, but yeah, so we're in the Siege of Mandalore now. I'm over that arc. Okay, so let's talk about... Also, full spoilers for the uh, all the Clone Wars. You know, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, Siege of Mandalore, whatnot. We're getting into it with... Uh, episode, yeah, it was episode 9 of the uh, final season of the Clone Wars. I believe it was officially titled, like, Old Friends Not Forgotten. And wow, 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 wow. I literally cannot say wow enough. This this episode was amazing. I mean, it, it was just, oh, it was just amazing. So we start off. We start off with uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. They're on this bridge. And they're fighting, uh, they're fighting these, uh, the droids, and then Anakin walks out, kind of messes with the, uh, messes with the droid commander, and then takes him out, and all the clones fly up, and, uh, it's just a stunning scene, you know, it was just an amazing little Clone Wars battle, um, and very reminiscent uh, of the Clone War or, uh, of the Clone Wars movie with uh, the Battle of Christophsis. Uh I I just loved this episode. Uh, I mean, the start of it was great, and then Obi Wan and Anakin find out that they're getting a transmission, and it's from Fulcrum, which is Ahsoka's code name, which I really like. And they thought it was Saw Gerrera, which I think is also interesting that he used that code name. But anyway, they fly up to their ship, and Ahsoka's there with Bo-Katan and some Mandalorians, and they're like, hey. We need your help, you know, Mandalore is suffering because of Maul, and we can capture Maul. And so, basically, uh, Obi-Wan is like, hey, I need to go talk to the Jedi Council about this, We, I don't know if we're going to do that. And the dialogue in this episode is just so powerful, because Ahsoka, I mean, Anakin, when, he, when she gets off his ship, Anakin's like, oh my gosh, like, how are you doing? And she's just like, hey, no, we gotta get to business, we can talk about that later, like... She is just like, hey, y'all betrayed me. You can't expect me to walk back in here and, like, forgive all of you. Like, I, I mean, Ahsoka was just, like, so real in this uh, in this episode. And, I mean, and then Bo-Katan, uh, she, uh, and when Obi-Wan questions that, and he's like, I need to talk to the Council Bo-Katan, is like, uh... Uh, something about my sister, and then uh, she's like, I thought she meant something to you, and that was just, wow, it just, like, hit me in the heart, and then Obi-Wan is like, she does, but, like, listen, like, I can't let my feelings cloud my judgment, and, and, uh, that was just powerful, and then, uh, whew, <laughs> this is an emotional scene, and then Ahsoka and Anakin are walking down the vendor hallway, and, and, uh, and Ahsoka, you know, people are saluting her, clones are saluting her, and she's like, they shouldn't call me commander, they shouldn't salute me, you know, I'm not a Jedi anymore. And it goes into Ahsoka and Anakin walking in with Rex, and as you can see this picture right here, and the uh, 322nd, or 332nd I believe it is, uh, Legion is standing there, the Ahsoka troopers, uh, and I mean, man, it, I mean, and Anakin goes, loyalty means everything to the clones. And, you know, obviously that means, I mean, that's just that, that line is so powerful because we know that order 66 is going to happen. Uh, and I mean, Ahsoka is, you know, she's walking around and I mean, this, uh, it was just, it was just crazy. Uh, it was very emotional, uh, because I mean, this is just, it was just amazing. Uh, but yeah, so 
then Ahsoka and Anakin, uh, she's about to give him his lightsabers back, or her lightsabers back, and then these sirens go off, and, you know, everybody's panicking, and Obi-Wan runs in, and he goes, Anakin, we have to go, you know, and, and Ahsoka's like, wait, what's happening, and the Chancellor has been kidnapped, so we are right, like, we're, like, literally, it is Revenge of the Sith, basically, we are right before Revenge of the Sith, and so, uh, Revenge of the Sith, or, sorry, I don't know why I said Revenge of the Sith so many times, but yeah, so then they're like, we have to go save the Chancellor, and, uh, then Ahsoka's like, hey, what about the Mandalorians, like, we're just gonna let them die, and then Anakin's like, hey, we can divide the 501st in half, uh, promote, uh, Captain Rex to Commander, which I loved, and then, uh, they can go to Mandalore, we can go save the, uh, the Chancellor on Coruscant, and everything will be good, Ahsoka gets her lightsabers back, loved that, then they'll go their ways. Uh, so Anakin and Obi-Wan go straight into Revenge of the Sith. Ahsoka, Rex, everybody, Bo-Katan go down to Mandalore. And that just that landing scene was just amazing. So Ahsoka, uh, so they're flying in on the gunships. And then uh, the Mandalorians, Maul's Mandalorians start attacking. And Ahsoka's jumping from ship to ship, slicing people up. And, and it, she saved this one pilot. And it's just amazing. And then... We get the, the score in this episode is just amazing, by the way. Kevin Kiner, oh, just amazing. And then we move on, and, and she's running around, they're defeating all these guys. And then she uh, they go into the throne room, and Bo-Katan's like, like not, she's like not messing around with all Max. She just like base almost shoots him in the face uh, when he tries to uh, like make an excuse or something. And then Ahsoka and her uh, clone group or whatever, a little group of clones are walking around in the underworld tunnels and they're chasing after Gar Saxon, which by the way, if you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels, uh, is in this episode, loved him. He, his animation or his, uh, character model is amazing by the way. Uh, and so yeah, they're running through the tunnels and they're like fighting and it's amazing. And then, uh, her whole like group gets wiped out and then Maul comes out and he's like, I want a Kenobi like, why are you here, and that, and then the episode ends, and I was freaking out, I mean, it was just amazing, uh, I would say that one is the best, a uh, best of the series, but it's competing with the, uh, the next one we're going to talk about, which is episode 10, I believe, uh, and so this is, as you can see in that picture right there, this is the one where we get the Ahsoka versus Maul fight, uh, this was teased, I mean, so long ago when Dave Filoni first talked about the Seizure Mandalore, before they even announced the Clone Wars was coming back, uh, and we finally got it. Uh, so basically, the episode starts out, uh, uh, oh yeah, Ahsoka, um, you know, fights Maul and stuff, and, uh, and then they escape, and, uh, oh yeah, also, sorry, in this, Maul, go, he's talking about Darth Sidious, and, uh, and he, he had this vision, Maul did, uh, about kind of the future, and, like, what was gonna happen, and, I mean, the way, that, I mean, Maul is so scared in this episode of Darth Sidious, I mean, he, like, shudders at the, when he says his voice, uh, and then, so they escape, and they go back, and they're at a little hologram table, uh, with Rex, Bo-Katan, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan, and, uh, Obi-Wan, and, uh, she, Ahsoka's like, hey, um, uh, have you ever heard the name Darth Sidious? That's what Maul, Maul just said that. Have you ever heard that? And then he explains he thinks that's the, uh, the Jedi Council thinks that's the guy who's been behind it all, playing both sides. And then, uh, they're like, well, we can't find anything out about Dooku anymore because Anakin killed him. And it's, that's crazy how, like, this is Obi-Wan. 
on his way to Utapau. Like, this is in Revenge of the Sith. And so, it's it's amazing. But uh, anyway, then Ahsoka, or, uh, Ahsoka gets told by Obi-Wan, like, hey, I need to talk to you uh, in private. And uh, they leave, uh, Bo-Katan and Rex leave, and Maul, or, sorry, Obi-Wan's like, uh, Anakin's on a special assignment. He's trying to observe the Chancellor because the Jedi Council is a little skeptical about him. And like, and I mean, you hear Vader, or you hear, I think it's Palpatine's theme in the background. It's just like, jeesh. Like, I mean, and I think just Ahsoka probably just had this bad feeling in her, in her gut. And you can see Obi Wan's a little nervous too. And like, that's crazy. Uh, and then anyway, we, uh, what happens next? Oh yeah, we cut to. Uh, you know, uh, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan and Rex, uh, they walk into the throne room, and, uh, actually, wait, hold up, wait, we make it, <laughs> skipping a little ahead there, but anyway, they go to, uh, we cut to Maul and the Mandalorians, and he's, uh, talking with his, uh, the Shadow Collective, uh, which is his crime syndicate, and Dryden Voss is there, which is awesome, I loved that, uh, so from Solo Star Wars Story, nice connective tissue there, uh, but then anyway, we cut after that, sorry, uh, we cut to Maul, Ahsoka, Rex, and they walk into the throne room, uh, and Maul's sitting there, and, uh, Bo-Katan runs after him, all angry, and she just gets pushed away, and, uh, then... Uh, also, sorry, this time I'm a little, I just, it's crazy, this episode's just crazy, I'm just talking super randomly about this, but then Jesse has had been captured by Maul, and he had looked into his mind and whatnot, uh, and then, uh, sorry, okay, uh, also I forgot about Almac, they go to interview Almac, and he gets killed by Gar Saxon, and that was, I like that scene a lot, because he revealed that Maul was wanted Skywalker, and yeah, sorry, we're off time. But anyway, Ahsoka and Maul are there, and uh, uh, Maul's like, "Hey, join me, and we can go take out uh, Darth Sidious together." Because I mean, something crazy is about to happen. Like the Republic's about to fall because of Order sixty six. But he, d- I mean, Ahsoka and Maul don't know about Order sixty six. At least we presume that Maul doesn't. Uh, but yeah, so then. Uh, what happens after that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Maul offered... Yeah, he offers his hand, and Ahsoka's like, well, sure, I'll take it. Let's go get him, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but then she's like, hey, one question. What do you want with Anakin Skywalker? And he goes, he's the key to all this. He's the Sith apprentice that uh, that Darth Sidious has been grooming to be his yeah, his next apprentice. And, and Ahsoka's like, I know Anakin, and, you know, there's no way that's true. And then they fight. And this fight was just amazing. I mean, you know, they did mo they did mo motion capture for reference uh, with Ray Park, and I forgot the female actress uh, who did the motion capture for Ahsoka. Uh, but yeah, they're just going at it. One of the best lightsaber fights uh, ever. Uh, then uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Maul runs away, uh, and then it. Uh, they're in these rafters, uh, which I really like in this picture, as you can see, and they're just dueling it out, and then, uh, and then uh, they capture Maul, and Maul's just screaming in panic. He's just like, "Kill me, kill me!" No, I no, I mean, because he knows that Order Six, or he knows something bad is about to happen, and so. I mean, I cannot wait for episode 3 and 4. Uh, so I believe in episode 3 we will get Order 66. And Order 66 is going to be terrifying. It's going to be it's gonna be an emotional... Like, it's going to be devastating. <laughs> like, I'm going to be a nightmare after that episode. But, uh, yeah. 
and fourth episode, I don't even know. It's probably going to be amazing. Uh, but yeah, also, if you guys want to hear my raw Clone Wars thoughts, make sure you follow me on Twitter, because uh, that is where uh, I post immediately after uh, and whatnot. Also, uh, okay, so that is the end of the Clone Wars talk. Uh, moving on, we're going to move on to a... Uh, a little topic here, this is just kind of off the top. A bunch of movies are delayed. There's uh, pretty much not a, like, the whole MCU schedule got shifted back, uh, which is kind of insane. Uh, yeah, the whole MCU schedule gets shifted back. Uh, I mean, if you, there's tons of other videos if you guys want to hear about all the movies delayed. Uh, but time to get on to the movie reviews. Uh, so the first one is The Farewell, uh, directed by Lulu Wang. Uh, it came out last year. Uh, this is a A24 film, uh, and yeah, I love this movie. Uh, you got Aquafina in the lead, uh, and she just carries this movie so well. Uh, so basically, uh, again, spoilers for this movie. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, it's on Prime Video, so if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch this movie. Uh, but yeah, so basically the plot is that uh, Aquafina, our main character, she's in this big family, uh, and their grandmother... Uh, I cannot pronounce her name. I apologize, but she's very good in this movie as well. Uh, her grandmother is diagnosed with cancer, uh, and they the whole family uh, does not does not want to tell her, and that is a uh, Chinese tradition, I believe. Uh, and so they're not going to tell the grandma, and so they all they make up this fake wedding uh, for one of like her brothers, I believe, and to get the whole family back to China because she and her family lives in the U.S. Uh, so they all go back to China to visit their grandmother, and uh, so the grandmother has no idea she has cancer, but everyone around her, you know, knows this might be the last time they'll ever see her, uh, and this movie, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, some of the highlights for me, the cinematography was beautiful, uh, I mean, it's just amazing, and the cinematography com combined with the lighting uh, was just great, and then the score... The score was very moving. Uh, this movie was very moving. Uh, it's a simple story, but it's very effective. Uh, I mean, it's just. I mean, it was. It's a. It, you know, it's a slow film. So if you're not into slow films, uh, then this isn't the movie for you. But I mean, it. It just. It. Just, I mean, it hit me emotionally on a lot of levels. Uh, I definitely think you guys should check this out. I'd give this an 8.5, closer to a nine out of ten. Uh, I definitely want to see what Lulu Wang can do in the future, uh, and yeah, I mean, this movie is just, it's amazing, I mean, just like, you know, you, you feel for the characters, like, I mean, I've, like, I don't think many people have experienced a situation like this, but you really feel like you're Aquafina's character, and you're, you're there, and you're like, you're, I mean, she just wants to tell her grandmother so bad, and like, wants to help her, but she can't, uh, and yeah, and some of the highlight roles, highlight supporting roles. Again, the grandmother is amazing. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna try to butcher, try to say her name, but I'm probably gonna butcher it. It's like Jeju Zhao, something like that. Uh, but then the two, uh, the two brothers, uh, the, or the two sons of the mother, the grandmother. I thought their performances were amazing as well. Uh, yeah, everybody was good in this movie. Definitely check this out if you haven't uh, seen it. Uh, another movie uh, I had on my list that I missed out on last year uh, was Little Women, directed by Greta Gerwig, uh, coming off her uh, directing on Lady Bird uh, a couple years back. I mean. 
I'm, I was thinking when I was watching this movie and thinking after, I think this might have been the most star-studded cast of last year. Okay, besides like an Avengers Endgame or something like that, I mean, you can see on the top there, we got we got Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, uh, Eliza Scalin, uh, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, and Meryl Streep. I mean, I mean, this movie was amazing. I mean... I, I'm to, just going into this, I had not read or seen any adaptations or books or whatever of Little Women. I went into this completely blind, but it blew me away, and I do want to read the book now. Uh, but yeah, so this, I mean, this movie, uh, it was just amazing. Uh, I think uh, Saoirse Ronan is our main character. We follow her, uh, and it's this family uh we have Emma Watson as a sister, Florence Pugh as a sister, and Eliza Scalin, uh, Scallon, I believe, something like that. Uh, she's another sister, and then uh, Timothy Chalamet will get into his performance uh, or his character in a little bit. But yeah, so there's this family uh, with uh, the mother, who's played by Laura Dern, which I really liked. And so their father uh, cuts between, well, first off, it cuts between uh, their Saoirse Ronan and like their current uh, like lives and then their past life uh, where like when they were all teenagers and living together uh, so basically they're uh, all a family and they live together in this house and their father's out at war uh, and they basically meet this uh, Timothy Chalamet's character who is the son of this very rich uh, and wealthy man and it's about their friendship and uh, the different things that they do and then I mean it's a hard movie to describe because it's just, it's just amazing, uh, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, but then, uh, the main thing, obviously, spoilers, uh, is that Eliza Scalin's character, uh, she gets sick, so one of the sisters, uh, and so Saoirse Ronan, uh, her character comes back, as well as Emma Watson, uh, who is now married at this point in the film, and then Florence Pugh, uh, is on a trip with her great aunt, Meryl Streep, in France, I believe, somewhere in Europe, and they run into Timothy Chalamet's character, uh, and, uh, I mean, it's just, this, I, I can't describe it very well, because there's a lot happening, uh, but basically, Florence Pugh and Timothy Chalamet, uh, kind of fall in love, but it's interesting, because Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet's character in the past had been kind of in love, but they decided not to get married, uh, and so it's interesting, and, uh, yeah. Also, I, this is totally off topic, but I just noticed this poster is in another language because it says 6 February. I, I don't know what language it is. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, this movie, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's amazing. I mean, the score, again, is amazing. Uh, Greta, Gerwig's, Greta Gerwig's direction is, is just great. Uh, again, some of the best performances of last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, this movie... I mean, it was just, it was great, and it packed a lot of emotion, because, uh, spoilers, uh, the, uh, sister who was sick actually dies, uh, and then the, uh, uh, the, uh, great aunt dies as well, and it was pretty emotional, uh, but, I mean, you know, <laughs> I made it through, but yeah, I mean, I really, really, really like this movie, uh, definitely nine, nine and a half, probably, out of ten.
Okay, I'm sorry. I just took a drink of water there. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on to our next uh, movie review or whatever you want to call it. We have Onward. So uh, this movie, I do feel bad for this movie, to be honest. Uh, so this movie, as you can see right there, was coming out March 6th. 6th. So it, uh, it had, I believe, two weeks in theaters, and then theaters shut down. Coronavirus happened. It was crazy. So this thing... Uh, about two weeks later, maybe, went uh, straight to uh, digital, like purchasing it on digital, and then two weeks later, it was on Disney+. Plus. And so I watched this on Disney+, Plus, and I went into this movie, I'd had it on my watch list, and, you know, I was like, okay, I like Pixar movies, you know, the Pixar originals I've been a little skeptical about, but, you know, I'll watch this one, I'm excited. And this movie is a lot better than I thought, like, I, I thought it was going to be decent, but this movie is really good. Uh, we got Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, who are these two brothers, uh, and their performances. I mean, it's obviously voice acting, but their performances were great, uh, as well as uh, uh, Louis Jewish Drivis. I totally just messed that name up. You know, I okay. She's from Seinfeld. <laughs> That's all I know. Uh, she's a mother, and so basically, uh, it's uh, their father had died, and these two brothers get a chance uh, to. Uh, bring their father back to life for one day so like 24 hours uh and it's about their journey across uh the land to try to find so they ended up getting half of their father and then they have to try to find the other half and and it's just such a fun little adventure and uh you got all these amazing supporting characters and i love the world building i thought the world building was great uh and uh yeah and so i think the the highlights of this were the brotherly bond between these guys which uh is a big part of the ending of the movie so basically the end of the movie uh you know uh the brothers they find this stone that they're trying to find so they can bring their dad the whole part of their dad the top part of their dad back uh, and uh yeah, so they bring him back, but in order to do that, the younger brother, who has never, ever met his dad, uh, has to fight off this, like, dragon, uh, and so the older brother gets to see his dad just for a little bit, uh, and the younger brother doesn't even get to see him at all, but, I mean, in that scene right there, it was just like, wow, it, it got me, <laughs> it really did, uh, that scene was just crazy, uh, and very, it was very well done, uh, and so the whole, throughout the whole time, the, the Tom Holland's character, the younger brother, had been, had this list of things he wanted to do with his dad, and, and he had, and at the end, he started to cross him off, because he wasn't going to meet his dad, and, uh, then he thinks about it again, and he thinks about his brother, and he's having flashbacks, and he goes, you know what, like, you know, my brother was my father figure, and, and that was just amazing and s such creative storytelling. Uh, and yeah, I, I liked it, uh, honestly, as a, as a overall, uh, yeah, it was just overall a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it. I don't think it was the best Pixar movie, uh, but it was definitely, uh, uh a bold, uh, kind of move for Pixar to take, but I think it paid off pretty, pretty darn well. Uh, but yeah, so I'd probably go eight out of 10, honestly, uh, maybe a little, maybe like seven and a half, but I, I did, I did enjoy it, uh, a lot. Uh, and then moving on to our final movie review, which I was not planning on watching. Well, I, I maybe was, but it's Extraction. <laughs> uh, so basically the only movie that has been, uh, that has been released in the, uh, 
like actually new a new movie that has been released in the last couple of weeks since there are no theaters uh, is this little movie called Extraction. Uh, it is produced by the Russo brothers, written by Joe Russo, uh, and the director actually is Sam Hargrave, and he used to be well. First off, he used to be a stunt stunt man for. Uh, for uh, Chris Chris Evans as Captain America and some other people, I think, in the MCU movies. And then he was a second unit director, so he was a stunt coordinator uh, on, like, all the Avengers movies. And now he is this, he is a director. So this is his first time directing. Uh, and I thought this movie was good. I really did. I don't think it's obviously the best movie. I don't think this is winning Best Picture. But it's just a lot of, like, fun. You know, it's just, like, it's just, if you like action, this is what you got. It's very entertaining. Uh, I... Uh, let's just give the score now. I think story-wise, we're probably looking at seven and a half. I mean, story-wise wasn't great, but overall action, I mean, we're talking eight and a half to nine. I, I mean, I thought it was great because uh, the action, similar to the John Wick movies with Chad Stokowski, uh, he used to be a stunt coordinator, and he those that action is fantastic. And so Sam Hargrave being this old, uh, he used to be, or he still is kind of a stunt yeah, coordinator. His action is amazing. Uh, so it follows Chris Hemsworth as our lead, which I enjoyed Chris Hemsworth. I thought this was a pretty good performance. Uh, he basically is assigned to save this uh, drug lord's uh, son, I believe, uh, and he has to in the name extract him from the city, uh, but a local or like a rival uh, drug cartel or whatever uh really like wants the kid so it's about him just like fighting off all these guys in india which is amazing uh and the action is amazing yeah so uh you know the action starts off i mean it's amazing i don't know how many times i can say amazing but that action is amazing <laughs> uh yeah so there's one scene in particular that is about like uh 30 minute scene maybe 20 25 something like that and it's it's almost like a one-shot take uh obviously it, i don't think it was that would be very impressive if it was <laughs> but uh it's they cut it together to it seems exactly like a one-shot take and it's going on this car and then you go inside the car and then you go outside the car that yeah like the cinematography and the camera work was great in this movie so yeah you're going in out of the car and then uh you follow uh they're just running around this building and it's just taking guys out and so if you like john wick action i mean this movie is for you and i love john wick so this movie chris hemsworth just goes off on guys some amazing hand-to-hand combat by the way this guy i mean he's just like punching people left and right uh a little character that pops up uh is david harbour so i had i didn't know he was in the movie until like i watched a review of the movie the day of I, that i watched it uh and he was in like one little promotion and i was like oh He's in this movie, cool. And so I kind of forgot about him. Then when he popped up, I was like, oh, David Harbour, nice. And he, spoiler alert, actually like betrays uh, Chris Hemsworth's character, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but yeah, then they make it out of the city, sort of. Uh, they they fight their way out, boom, boom, fighting these guys. Uh, one thing I, <laughs> I kind of saw in this movie, they have like unlimited ammo. They're just like going off on guys, and he's just like not running out of ammo, but that's okay. Uh, but then anyway, like, Chris Hemsworth kind of, like, gets shot up a bunch on the bridge right before they're about to escape, and he dies. Uh, but the kid makes it out. So, yeah, it was good. I liked it. Uh, it was definitely a fun movie for, I mean, in these crazy times, this is kind of like a movie we need, you know, just a fun, kind of, like, 
you know, entertaining movie. I definitely would recommend watching it if you have a Netflix subscription. Uh, but yeah, so moving on to the big, uh, the big thing for this podcast, we are doing it guys. The star Wars ranking is here. Uh, so this is, wow, this is a ranking. I personally didn't have officially written down until like an hour before filming this podcast. (laughs) Uh, I have seen all the movies, obviously. Uh, I am a massive Star Wars fan. Uh, I grew up with the prequels and the Clone Wars. Uh, I, I, I mean, I just don't remember a time in my life where I wasn't a fan of Star Wars. I mean, there was a little time, I think, but I mean... Star Wars is just great. Uh, it means so much to me. Uh, it's impacted my life in ways I can't even describe. Uh, and, I mean, I just want to share my thoughts. I mean, it's it's crazy how the Skywalker saga is over. I mean, like, I really... I watched Episode Nine again uh, when I bought it the other day. And I watched that documentary. And, I mean, even though I didn't love the film, the documentary just, like, hit me so hard. It was like, dang, these people love Star Wars. And, like, this is the last one in the Skywalker saga, and it's just, it's crazy, like, all nine of these films, like, I mean, I, I don't know, it's, I, I'm probably, you guys probably don't even know what I'm talking about, but it's just crazy, like, the Skywalker saga is over, I mean, obviously, we're getting more Star Wars movies, but, I mean, it's crazy, uh, but yeah, so, also, something I want to say, some people have done rankings with just the nine Skywalker Saga films. I'm including Solo and Rogue One in here uh, because I do like those movies. Uh, so yeah, jumping in at number 11, uh, it is, uh, hold up, let me find the poster here. It is Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Uh, so Attack of the Clones, uh, this movie... There are parts of it I enjoy. I really do enjoy Jango Fett. I think it's pretty cool. I love the clones. Uh, I love the Battle of Genosis. I think that's the best part for sure. But overall, I mean, Anakin and Padme. I'm sorry. That dialogue is just, it's its rough. I'm, it just is. Uh, it's its just kind of tough to watch, to be honest. Like, the whole, like, I hate sand. And, like, everything on Naboo just feels weird. And, like, Anakin's, like, creepy and... I just, I just, I'm sorry, I don't like that dialogue, but, I mean, again, I love the Battle of Genosis, uh, like, when the clones come in, I love that stuff, uh, and all the mystery of Kamino and Jango Fett and Obi-Wan, uh, I do like, uh, and, yeah, I think we could have seen some more, uh, I mean, we see a lot, or see a good amount of Anakin gonna join the dark side, because, or leaning towards the dark side, because obviously he, uh, he, uh, what does he do? Oh yeah, he kills all the Tusken Raiders uh, after his mom dies, and he also marries Padme, which is against the Jedi uh, code or whatever. But yeah, this movie, I don't think it's the greatest, uh, but I mean, it's still a Star Wars movie. I enjoy all these movies. Like, no matter what, I enjoy all these. I hope you're aware of that. Like, I love Star Wars. Like, I love them. I just, uh, episode two, it's not my favorite. Uh, so moving on to our next one here, it is uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace. And so this one, I think, is a lot better than episode two because, uh, I mean, the biggest problems with this for me, this one for me personally is uh, I th- Jar Jar Banks, obviously. I, I mean, I li- I've grown to like him more. I just don't think he's the best character. I think all the Senate talks and whatnot are just... They're just, I mean, I think some were needed. I think having a little bit uh, of them is good, uh, but I think just some of those are just 
dragged on too long. Uh, but highlights of this movie, obviously, Duel of the Fates. I mean, Darth Maul, ever since he was introduced just in this movie, was just amazing. He was just, I mean, obviously, the Phantom, and he was just, like, scary, dude. He was just, like, the Star Wars villain of my childhood. Obviously, him and Darth Vader are both up there. Uh, but, yeah, you got Liam Neeson. I loved Qui-Gon Jinn. Loved him. Uh, I thought one interesting thing, I've heard some different people talk about it. I didn't... I don't know, young Anakin, I thought it was an interesting take, because uh, it's hard to go from episode one with, like, a little tiny Anakin jump up to episode two, where Anakin is a teenager or whatever. Uh, so that's one thing I don't really like. I thought the Gungan battle, I, I mean, a lot of people hate it. I don't mind it. I think it's decent. Uh, but yeah, Duel of the Fates is where where it is for me. Uh, I love the the... Uh, that's probably one of my favorite lightsaber fights. I just love the uh, stunt coordination uh, in that. But yeah, episode one, I again, I enjoy all these movies. Uh, I enjoy this one. I just enjoy it a little bit more than episode two. Uh, okay, moving on to number nine. Uh, so number nine, here we have Solo, A Star Wars Story. So this movie, uh, I actually have grown to like more, and this movie was hard for me to place, because honestly, all these movies uh, are movies that I, uh, genuinely, I like all these movies, uh, I just think Solo, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's one of the most, it's probably one, I mean, is funnest a word, it's one of the funnest, I mean, Star Wars movies, I mean, it is obviously not as big and grand, uh, scaled as, uh, as uh, the other movies are, but it's just such a fun movie, you know, I can just put this, I put, I can just put this on, and I can just have a fun time, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, takes a little bit, uh, when I first saw it, for me to get used to the fact that he is Han Solo, but I like how he didn't just impersonate, uh, Harrison Ford, because that isn't the goal, Han Solo isn't just Harrison Ford, Han Solo is his own character, uh, so yeah, I really liked Alden Ehrenreich, Lando Calrissian, my boy Donald Glover, I thought he was great. Uh, he's a lot of fun. Chewbacca in this movie is fun. Uh, Kira, Amelia Clark's character, I thought was pretty good. I like the mystery behind her and what's going on with Dryden Voss and whatnot. Uh, you got, uh, who do you got in there? You got Woody Harrelson, uh, Beckett. I liked his character. Uh, I think some of the highlights include the... Um, Obviously, all the stuff on Kessel was a lot of fun. Uh, Chewie uh, get like meeting up with those Wookies was cool and saving them, and then obviously the actual Kessel run uh, I thought was really cool, and then the train sequence was really cool. I liked Han's uh, like the backstory of Han on Corellia I thought was really cool. I liked seeing the Empire kind of in its early stages, uh, and then obviously we got to talk about it. I mean Darth Maul at the end, like I I just was like. I don't even think, I didn't scream in the theater when I first saw it, I just, like, my jaw was just dropped, I was just, like, Darth Maul on screen, what, <laughs> like, again, like, he, like, ugh. I mean, obviously, he'd come back in the Clone Wars, but I was, like, I never thought I'd see him in live action again, that's a nice surprise, uh, but yeah, so I do hope we get some sort of solo sequel, uh, whether it's in a Disney Plus series or a movie, uh, I do think we'll get some sort of thing, uh, in, like that, uh, but yeah, this movie, it's fun, that's what I would say, it's fun, uh, not exactly the best, uh, movie, it just is a lot, it's just small scale, and to be honest, like, 
if we didn't have this story, it really wouldn't affect the rest of the Skywalker saga at all. I mean, it answered a couple questions, like where'd Chewbacca come from? Where'd Han Solo come from? Uh, also, something I don't like is Han Solo's name. That just came up because the guy said he doesn't have a family, but that's whatever. Uh, okay, moving on to our eighth uh, movie, or number eight movie. And honestly, I'm going to be honest, guys. I literally just made this change right now. Uh it uh, number eight is the force awakens so this might be pretty divisive to be honest but yes this is i think yeah i think this is my least favorite out of this the sequel trilogy the sequel trilogy i'm gonna be honest guys it's one of the toughest to rank because i i enjoy all the movies in it i don't love all the movies in it and I have a lot of gripes with all the movies in it and the force awakens i think one of the biggest flaws is obviously just the unoriginality, I think, uh, of it, of it. Obviously, you have Star Killer Base, basically Death Star. Uh, you have the whole scheme of everyone going in to blow the Death Star. Uh, you have let's infiltrate the Death Star or Star Killer Base. You know, it's just got a similar plot to New Hope. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I some of my highlights though. Poe and Finn. That opening scene, I just love how fun that was. You know, they escape and then uh, they get back to Jakku. <laughs> Not going back to Jakku. Uh, but yeah, that scene was so much fun. I loved the idea of a stormtrooper defecting. I thought that was super creative. Uh, a lot of fun there. Uh, I do, uh, I do also enjoy Kylo Ren, uh, obviously he, you know, uh, I mean, he's not similar to Darth Vader, I enjoy Kylo Ren and Rey, I love them both, uh, and, yeah, Han Solo being back, love, love, love that, uh, I think we should have seen a little more Luke Skywalker, but, the, I mean, Luke's, Luke's movie was episode 9, so I don't feel like we're missing out on too much there, uh, but yeah, so this movie, I mean, it's good. I love, I enjoy it, again, I enjoy all these movies, uh, it is, it, I mean, it's really, like, neck and neck with all the other, uh, all the other sequel trilogy movies, and as y'all will be able to see, uh, with my next, uh, movie here, which is Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, that is my seventh favorite Star Wars movie, and this movie, I went back and rewatched this, and this movie is just very enjoyable, uh, it is probably the most, like, you know, just upbeat, fun movie in the sequel trilogy, uh, you know, I mean, there, but there are a lot of issues, uh, plot-wise with this, I think, uh, because some of my least favorite things include, uh, Ray Palpatine, not a big fan of that, Palpatine being back, I just, ah, I mean, the way they handle it, I, I guess it's the best they could do, but it's just like, ah, why is he, I mean, why is he, back, and I, I think my biggest gripe with the entire sequel trilogy is, like, they don't really have a plan, to be honest. Even if they said they did, they didn't have a plan, you know? J.J. Abrams had some ideas, then Ryan Johnson's like, well, you know, well, we're not gonna do some of those ideas, and then, you know, what's his name? J.J. Uh, Abrams comes back, and he's like, you know what, Ryan Johnson, all your stuff is not true, basically, and he's like, you know, Ray, instead of nobody, she actually is Palpatine's granddaughter. Uh, which, yeah, whatever, uh, some of the things, uh, another thing I disliked is, like, Rose's character, like, I didn't love her in The Last Jedi, but, like, really, she had, like, under a minute of screen time, I think, like, are you kidding me, that's just, like, why are we doing that, uh, but, yeah, some of the highlights, uh, I enjoyed Carrie Russell's character, Zori Bliss, I thought she was great, I loved having the, the, uh, the group back together, uh, or just 
together because we haven't had them together for the entire sequel trilogy. You know, we got Ray, Poe, Finn, Chewie, uh, BB-8, R2-D2. No, R2-D2 isn't with them, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I love C-3PO in this movie. Actually gets a decent plot line, to be honest. Because uh, he's just kind of been in the background for all the movies. But then this one, he has a, has a role, which I loved. Uh, Kylo Ren, I loved. I want more Ben Solo, but he died. <laughs> uh, so yeah, loved Ben Solo. Loved the redemption. Loved that scene with Han Solo. Just amazing. Uh, lightsaber duel. I really liked a lot between Kylo Ren and Rey. Uh, Lando being back. I want more Lando. I wish we got more Lando. Uh, Janna, Janna's character, I thought was interesting. Didn't really love her, uh, but eh, I don't know. I thought she was decent. Uh, then the, uh, yeah, the whole, like, Death Star 2 being, like, crashed, I just loved, like, I just want to, like, explore more of that. Like, I just want, like, an open-world Star Wars game where the end like the death star 2 is just crashed and we can just run around like that was i thought that was just such a cool location to go to uh and then the final battle i mean that's where it really i mean it doesn't fall flat for me it's just not great uh like i mean the the starship when all the starships show up it's just like okay they but they don't like treat it right you know like I was really thinking we were going to get, a, like, all wings reporting in, and we'd get, you know, we see the ghost right there, so why don't we have, like, Harrison Dula, Phoenix Squadron, or whatever, reporting in, like, and we got that in the Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker novelization, but I'm like, why did we not get this in the movie, so, I don't know, I just think, like, we went a little overboard on the ships, like, it looks cool, but I think it's just a little overboard, to be honest, uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, yeah, and then the end battle with Palpatine, like, I thought that was cool with the voices of the Jedi, I liked that a lot, uh, then, like, when she murders him and whatever, I liked it, and then the ending scene, going back to Tatooine, I did honestly like how she went back there, and we get the twin sons again, but yeah, this movie, a lot of plot points I don't like, but overall, it's a fun movie, that's what I would say. Uh, okay, moving on to number six, which, this might be the most controversial opinion I have on this list. Guys, number six, A New Hope. And by the way, I just realized that poster has like a little copyright thing on it, but it doesn't, but it's whatever. Uh, credit to that person if you guys want to find this poster. Yeah, so the original Star Wars. So this movie, I'll give it credit. I It's such a fun movie. And I mean, kicking off the Skywalker saga, like it's cr- crazy how it did. Uh, highlights for me are just Luke on Tatooine, it's just, like, fun, just walking around with, on Tatooine, you know, Obi-Wan, I liked his character a lot, uh, uh, Han Solo, obviously, Han Solo and Leia, iconic, iconic hero, uh, heroes, uh, and then Darth Vader is just so powerful in this movie, uh, and the Death Star, I thought was, like, such an interesting concept, obviously, before they made, like, 18 other Death Stars, uh, and uh, just, like, the might of the Empire, I thought was just amazing. And this little rebellion that could, you know, just find this one little exploit in this massive uh, space station. And I love the whole trench run. thought it was, I think it's great. Uh, but, I mean, overall, this movie, I mean, when I really look at it, like, I mean, it's iconic. You know, we got the score, which is iconic, and all the characters are. But it just, I mean, when you really think about it, like, I went back and rewatched it a couple months ago. And it's just, like not as much happens as I think, you know, so we start off, and, you know, we got the Tantive War scene, and then the droids, they go down to the surface, Luke meets up with them, 
you know, stays in Tatooine for a little bit, which I feel like some of the Tatooine stuff just lags on a little bit. Like, I love hearing about, hearing about Obi-Wan's story and all that, but then we just kind of go, and then we go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Not really, but they go to meet Han Solo. Then we go to the Death Star, because uh, we're going to Alderaan, but Alderaan's destroyed. Then, uh, also... Princess Leia has been captured, by the way. Uh, then we go to save Princess Leia. Then we go back. And then we go destroy the Death Star. So, I mean, you know, we really only got three main acts in this movie. And they all are pretty simple. Uh, so, I don't know. I think... I think the... Um, I guess the... You know, it's a very good movie. I just think in comparing it to modern day, like, storytelling, it's just not a... There's not as much going on. But... Uh, I think having all these other Star Wars movies kind of hurts this one uh, in a way, but it's still iconic, and I still love this movie a lot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a little bit of a controversial opinion there. Uh, coming in at number five, we have probably another controversial opinion. Uh, we have Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Uh, so this movie, a lot of people hate it, a lot of people love it. I'm kind of leaning more towards loving it, but I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, as I put it in my number five spot, uh, highlights in this movie for me, people hated Luke Skywalker. I loved Luke Skywalker in this movie. It would totally make sense why I would go into hiding after his Padawan murdered all his other Padawans. So I thought that made sense. Uh, but yeah, so he hides and, uh, I mean, I loved, I mean, Carrie Fisher in this movie was amazing. Kylo Ren is amazing. I love the interactions between Kylo and, uh, Rey. I mean, you know, with those little force visions or whatever they are, I really like that a lot. Uh, we get, uh, we get. A, I like the whole escaping uh, uh, plot, uh, where the resistance is just slowly running away. Uh, and one tiny complaint I can see is it does drag on because it's the longest movie in the s s saga, and like I think they tried to make up for the fact that it's pretty much just them cutting between Rey on Octu with Luke training and. Kylo Ren and the Resistance, you know, fighting each other, and so, I don't know, I mean, then they threw in a Canto Bite scene to break up the monotony, because they have to go find this code to break the code breaker, or whatever, and it's, Canto Bite is probably the worst part, I just think they didn't really accomplish anything, because they went there to get the Master Code Breaker, and they kind of did, but, but he was like a spy, and then he trade, you know, they didn't even do anything, so... Uh, then the resistance has to go down to crate, uh, which Holdo and the whole Poe plot line wasn't a big fan of that. It's like, why did she not just tell him what she was doing? Like, I I don't know why she did that. But then she sacrifices herself, which I that that scene is just visually stunning. Like I'm gonna be honest, I think this is the best looking Star Wars film. I mean, just. It's just, like, the visuals are amazing. Uh, and, again, Rose's character, I think she was just uh, introduced too quickly and just forced on us too quickly. Uh, but, I don't know. Uh, then another scene uh, that happens before is the start scene between the Starfighter battles and the, the Resistance bombers. I really enjoyed that scene. Uh, you get... Uh, uh, Leia floating in the sky, and when she uses the Force, I didn't mind that. A lot of, like, a lot of people I know, they're like, bro, like, who are casual Star Wars fans? They're like, I hated that scene. It looks so weird. Well, the thing is, Leia, as we find out in The Rise of Skywalker, trained with Luke, so she's experienced in the Force, so that makes sense how she could survive that, so I don't get the complaints about that scene. And then we get on to the Battle of Crate. The Battle of Crate's amazing. 
I, I just love it. One of my favorite ground battles ever, uh, personally. I, I mean, I just, ugh, it's just amazing. Uh, we get the ski spears and the ATM-6s going at it. I love it. It's so similar to the Battle of Hoth, but it's so different in so many ways. Uh, and then uh, Luke Skywalker comes down to save the Resistance, but it's a vision. Like, to be honest, I had no idea that it was, like, he was, like, projecting himself there until it was revealed. And then we get Luke Skywalker dying, which... I think it was a you know fulfilling end to Luke's story uh, because you know he sacrificed himself for the resistance you know he he had just ran away but then he decided to come back uh, which I just I loved and so yeah uh, also just going back to episode nine I loved Luke as a Force Ghost in that movie as well also I love Force Ghost Yoda in this movie so yeah that's my thoughts on the Last Jedi moving on to number four spot that is gonna have to go to Return of the Jedi. So this movie, I rewatched it. It's just a, it's so much fun. Uh, it's it's the conclusion of the original trilogy. You know, we got some things that happen. We got the Jabba's Palace stuff. Love that. Uh, we got, I mean, we got the the Endor battle. I will say the Endor space battle is my favorite Star Wars space battle of all time. I just love it. It's just so much fun. Uh, we. I mean, some of the things, you know, the Ewoks people don't like. I like the Ewoks. Uh, then the fight between Darth Vader and Luke is just amazing. I love Palpatine in this movie. He's great. Uh, I mean, just such a fun, fun movie. Uh, and, yeah, again, I just really, really like it. I like the training uh, with Luke. Uh, and Yoda gets his uh, fulfilling end. Uh, and then they all come back as a force ghost, obviously. Uh, one of the big things is, like, the Death Star 2, like, I think they could have been a little more creative, I guess, but, I mean, you know, it's, it's okay, but, uh, yeah, again, I, this is, we're in, uh, you know, we're in some of the best Star Wars movies, obviously, we're in, we're in the top five now, so these movies are all amazing. Uh, so yeah, moving on to my third favorite Star Wars movie, conveniently, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so this movie, I didn't think I would rank it this high now, but after seeing the last two Clone Wars episodes, it may I enjoy this movie more. Uh, so it starts off with the Battle of Coruscant, and the Battle of Coruscant is amazing, and like now knowing that they just came out from talking to Ahsoka, like that's crazy. Uh, and then we get all the stuff between Anakin uh, investigating the Chancellor, and Obi-Wan goes to fight Grievous on Utapau, and and that stuff is amazing, and the Jedi are starting to unfold this plot that, I mean, you know, maybe the the Jedi is coming to an end soon, and they find out Sidious, and I love that whole fight scene between uh, Mace Windu and all those Jedi and Palpatine. That I love that fight scene. Uh, and then Anakin turns into Darth Vader, uh, which is just crazy. Uh, and then I gotta admit, like, I think my favorite lightsaber duel, it's honestly competing with uh, the Ahsoka vs. Maul fight in the last episode of the Clone Wars, but wow, Anakin vs. Obi-Wan, whew, that, I mean, the music behind that is beautiful, I mean, just, oh, it's just so good, uh, the, I mean, just so fast-paced, Anakin has so much rage in his swings, uh, I love it, uh, a little complaint, I feel, is like Anakin's turn to the dark side is a little quick, but the Clone Wars explains that, and it, you know, helps uh, show 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 that off. Uh, Natalie Portman as 
as, uh, what's her name, Padme in this movie. I think she's good, Padme, I like Padme. Uh, she's a nice supporting character, and uh, she ends up dying, which I find interesting. Like, she's lost the will to live. That's just a little strange, to be honest. Uh, I love Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan, Hayden Christensen, great as Anakin. Uh, and then they all go into hiding, uh, all the Jedi do. Also, Order 66, one of the biggest, just like, emotional gut punches of any Star Wars movie, let alone any film. Uh, March on the Jedi Temple uh, was crazy. I just love this movie. Uh, that's why it is my favorite prequel movie, uh, to be honest. Uh, okay, so moving on next for the number two spot. If you guys have been keeping track, we only got two movies left. What is it going to be? It is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So this movie, uh, I can see this movie jumping out of my list uh, soon, like jumping jumping back a couple spots. But this movie's great. Like when I think about it, like I just, it's so Ah, it's just so good, uh, and it's like, it's just like, ah, wow, I don't know how to describe it, like, when you hear the plot of this movie, you're like, really, is that movie that good, like, let's go steer, steal these Death Star plans, and that's pretty much it, but like, I mean, you got, I mean, Jen Urso and Cassian Andor, just like, I love their, their kind of banter together, and uh, they're going all around the galaxy, finding these different planets, I loved, I think this is the best, like, world building, uh, in uh star wars because you get you find out it's you know edu and you really find out like the darker side of the rebellion because you know in a new hope we see the rebellions like oh yeah we're gonna defeat the empire but then cassian like straight up murders a dude uh who like doesn't give him or who doesn't give him intel or whatever at the start of the film which was like crazy uh which i loved that scene by the way uh and I mean, the Battle of Scarif, like, wow. Like, the ending Battle of Scarif, I mean, you get the ba ground battle, which is amazing, and then the Starfighter battle is probably one of my favorites. It's up there with that Return of the Jedi one. Uh, yeah, that the Starfighter battle was amazing. But, yeah, overall, I mean, Rogue One, that's why it's my number two spot. It's just so good and so much fun. I cannot wait for that Cassian Andor series, which just hired Tony Gilroy as the director or the showrunner uh and has uh it'll be set five years before uh, uh rogue one and also something i absolutely loved about this movie was darth vader <laughs> like darth vader and orson krennic both of them uh i just love them both <laughs> uh and uh i do like uh grand moff tarkin they brought that actor they cgi'd him which i liked uh and it doesn't look perfect, but it looks good. Uh, but Darth Vader at the end, dude, he just, like, the wrath that he just, like, goes off on is just, like, insane. Like, I mean, he just, like, destroys those rebels. And, like, I was sitting in the theater, and I was just like, wow, when I first saw it. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, this movie, I love it. Uh, it is, I, I do think it is my favorite Disney-era Star Wars film. I think it is, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what my ranking says, but I don't know. It's I think all the Disney era Star Wars films are close. Uh, I think the weak ones include Solo, but I do enjoy Solo. I mean, Solo and uh, the uh, the Rise of Skywalker uh, and the Force Awakens are all kind of in there. But then Last Jedi and Rogue One are close in the Disney era ranking. But as you guys probably expected, I think uh, coming at the number one spot is Empire Strikes Back, uh, and yeah, Empire Strikes Back is really good. Uh, this is the sequel to the original Star Wars film, and I mean, just starting off the movie, we get the Battle of Hoth, which is just amazing. Battle of Hoth, one of my favorites. Uh, 
for sure. Uh, I mean, just the might of the of the. Uh, I almost said the might of the Death Star, but the might of the Empire is just like insane. Like they just like destroy the rebels. Uh, and then we get the training on Dagobah, which I really like. Uh, and then we uh, we get um, we go to Bespin, which I loved Bespin. I love Lando's character. Lando's just such a fun, charming character. But then he betrays Han and. He, like, immediately regrets it, and I like that a lot, uh, because he knows, like, oh, wait, I just made a mistake, like, right after I just made the mistake, uh, he realizes that, and then Darth Vader is just, you know, trying to hunt Luke and still just, like, a, a very, uh, menacing character, uh, we get a little bit of hints about Palpatine, maybe, uh, being out there, and then we get the I Am Your Father scene, and that scene's just still, like, crazy, like, one of the craziest movies movie scenes ever movie reveals ever and i love that whole duel i loved i think bespin might be one of my favorite like planets and cities uh in all of star wars uh but yeah this movie's just a lot a lot of fun uh it's just like yeah like i said it's a lot of fun uh and that is my favorite Star Wars movie, and I think it'll stay like that for a while. Uh, but yeah, whew, that took a little bit. We got my Star Wars ranking out of the way. I don't even know how long this thing is. Oh, shoot, it's an hour and 20 minutes. That is the longest Just a Stuff podcast right there. Uh, but yes, so thank you all for watching. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you stayed this long like, watching, listening, whatever you did, I appreciate you. Uh, if you guys want to know a fun fact, you can find Just a Stuff Podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, yeah, some other ones. I don't even know Anchor. That's There's some other ones. Uh, but yeah, you have to look up Just a Stuff or maybe Bricks and Stuff. One of those things, you should see this little icon right here, and it should pop up. If you're watching on YouTube, appreciate it if you drop a like, drop a comment, uh, maybe subscribe if you aren't. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for watching, uh, and hope you all are staying safe in these crazy times. Uh, and I'll see you guys in the next video or uh, podcast episode. And yeah, again, thank you all for watching. See you later, guys.